This content is brought to you in part by Supreme Auctions, the only luxury auction company recommended by the Institute. Supreme Auctions is widely recognized as the first auction company to design a program to work alongside and in partnership with luxury real estate professionals and their clients. Go to supremeauctions.com to learn more. Welcome to A State of Mind, a podcast series all about motivating, inspiring, and educating you in the art of selling luxury real estate. Today, we'll be talking to Debbie DeGroat, CEO and co-founder of Forward Coaching. Debbie is an author, keynote speaker, and a preferred coach to many large companies and brands. She began her career in real estate at the age of 18, and within a few short years, was one of the top agents in the nation. Over the last 20 years, Debbie has been considered one of the top coaches in the real estate industry, coaching some of the most elite salespeople and brokers in North America. She's conducted nearly 100,000 private coaching calls, hundreds of webinars and live events, including for the Institute, and is a sought after speaker at many national conventions. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, you know, we were just chatting before we jumped on here together that I've been in the real estate industry for a long time, and I have seen a lot of cycles. And, you know, here in Southern California, here in Newport Beach, you know, there have been times where it was a very, quote, hot market. And yet, I don't think we've seen anything quite like this in my memory of the last few decades, where 25 bids, even on big luxury properties, because as you and I know, you know, sometimes, especially double digit luxury, agents often approach those cautiously because they they might not all sell. And yet right now, most of them are selling. They really are. And, you know, the Institute publishes a, a luxury market report. I know you've seen it and we'll have it in the um, the episode notes so folks can take a look at it. Uh, but, but the most current luxury market report, which shows that in areas like LA, the beach cities of LA, Santa Barbara, Vail, Naples, these, you know, forever thought of as luxury markets, they have these super high median sales prices, right? The property yes. returning. And we track something in ours, which is the sales ratio. Mm-hmm. And these, these are in places like Austin, where this is, again, just above the luxury benchmark. This isn't all the homes in right. Austin. Right. This is where we set a luxury benchmark. Everything that happens above that, the sales ratio for Austin, Texas right now is over 300%. Oh, I Within yeah. a month's time period, right? The vast majority of the homes, three out of four homes are selling within 30 days above the luxury benchmark. Right. So tell, let's talk about this, Debbie. Like, what does this really mean? Well, I I always talk to the luxury coaching clients that we work with and say, first of all, you know, we have to look at it and say, it just is what it is, right? So this too will pass. It always does. When will it pass? I don't know. Um, And yet we have to just dig in and scrap and fight to hunt those luxury listings. And what I notice is happening, Diane, more than I've ever seen before is off-market transactions. Now, I'm not even talking about uh, they listed it and it's, quote, coming soon. I'm talking about 
agents actually knowing someone like maybe saying, hey, Diane, I know you've got that fabulous house and everyone wants to be in your neighborhood. If you could sell to a qualified buyer who would potentially even buy as is, pay you top market price and let you move when you choose, what is the number it would take for you to be willing to sell? So there's a lot of those conversations, whether it's they're calling their database or they're even circle prospecting into these luxury areas. You know, we actually have a house in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, yep. and we, we got a call like that. The agent said, this is legitimate. I'm happy to send over proof of funds. We don't even need to view the inside of the property. Are you open to us submitting an offer? Name your number. Now, we weren't op open to selling, but boy, I've been thinking about that, <laughs> right? And Diane, I think that's that's where we have to remember that often true luxury homeowners may own multiple homes, right? That's very common. And so if they own multiple homes, the question would be then, how often do they go there? You know, we go there every month because my mother's there, my niece is there, I have an employee there. However, if I did not go there very often and I'm burdened by the maintenance of that property and I think, you know what, I don't have to sell it because most luxury sellers will say, I don't have to sell. And yet this might be a, a, a crazy window. You know, the agent was telling me, and I haven't verified this. So if any of you are watching from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, I don't know if this is true because I didn't check it out yet. But he said prices in Coeur d'Alene have gone up 35% in one year on the lakefront homes. So that's where you might see those sellers if they were contacted and they knew there's no hassle and they can sell. That's where a lot of those transactions are coming from. Yeah, and I call luxury like everyone does, the buy up market. Right. right? So one of the things that I study our market report, the luxury market report, and you can really see the price bands where there's a ton of activity and a ton of movement. Right. And then other price bands, maybe a little bit further up where there isn't. Right. Because in Coeur d'Alene, and I'm making this up because sure. I just like to play with numbers. So in Coeur d'Alene, your house might be $2 million and there's none available. Right. right. But it, so what is it really worth? Yeah. Yeah. But at $3 million, there might be properties available. And so in my mind, when I think about the agents working inside of the market to do what I call make the market, right? it's not just saying, hey, Debbie, you know, here's the ton of activity we have that's around your price point. Right. But we actually have some availability if you were looking to buy up. Right. right? And that sometimes does happen. That's even been challenging in some markets. So depend, sure. it depends on how, because our good friend, Ernie Carswell, right? And our my coaching client in Beverly Hills, you know, Ernie was saying, Deb, you know, the, the 10 million, the 15 million, the 16 million, they're just flying off the shelf, yes. right? Now, would you, could you reach a point of 26 million, 40 million, where it would, there would start to be not so much demand? Yes. And, and yet you don't need 25 offers. You need one. So one. Yeah. one, right. And, you know, Ernie and I were having a discussion about this and he did say to me, I am normally very cautious when I approach any calendar year about how many double digit luxury I take because time, money, et cetera. 
He said, but this year I'm taking them all. I'm taking anything I can get. And, and something just to suggest to those of you watching. Now, of course, we want to use our judgment and, and check your own current market conditions. However, the number one reason that agents are losing great luxury listings right now, it's because of price. So, and, and here's the funny thing. The more seasoned and knowledgeable the agent is, the more likely they might be to lose that listing over price because Ernie said, you know, I know my market and I really go in and I educate and I inform and I see what the numbers say. And yet someone else will come in, give them a higher number and lo and behold, if they don't sell it at that higher number. So I think the thing to be aware of, especially those of you veterans who are used to being very precise in your pricing, it's almost impossible. You know, there was one in Santa Barbara, a great client of ours. I believe it was listed for 3.6. It sold at 5.2. So you often see a 10 or 20% increase, again, depending on your market. But I think the key is knowing your market right now does not mean knowing your comps. It means knowing your market demand, trends, availability, and that price point and really assessing how far can we go before we just are ridiculous, right? You know, and yeah. I think that's wow. the tricky area. Yeah, I've got to unpack a bunch of things you just said there. That was excellent. Um, the first thing is, you know, the Institute, we teach this idea of relevant properties, right? Mm -hmm. What's happening in relevant properties. Um, that, By the that way, I love that word. Yeah. Because one thing luxury people will say is my property doesn't comp to anything, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. there can be so many nuances of view and deep water and shallow water and good water and bad water and, you know, yeah. ski, in, ski out. So, yeah, I think that's a great word for everyone to put in their vocabulary and hold on to. Yes. And so when you think about what you just talked about with relevant properties, okay, I'm kind of unpacking that a little slower for people, this, this idea that a property today could actually be considered different than it was even 30 days ago. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. right. Like this is the speed by which this market is moving. And I and and I and I love that idea that gosh, you know, it's one of those times that perhaps experience isn't positive. Right. Right. Like how do we check ourselves at the door here and say, do I blame this? seller for trying to get to as top. much yeah. as possible in what would be called a gold rush right now. Right. We could call it a lot of different things, land grab, gold rush. But when I look at the numbers and I look at the index for the Institute, we are in this very interesting time where we're getting about the same number of listings on the market mm -hmm. that we got a year ago, but we've doubled the sales. Right. So this is where being at the top of your game, really being able to differentiate yourself on both sides. On both sides. Serving right. clients on both sides. We're talking about listings, which you know, right now is the time to really make your name and mm -hmm. really get in and, and get those listings. Let's, let's flip to, uh, now I'm a buyer. So let's play out your Coeur d'Alene example. So this agent has a well-heeled, uh, well buyer wanting yes, and, and approach, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I and think, so, a couple, 
Something you just said, though, before we move off the sellers is, um, you know, we might have grown up in a market and we're looking at this going, this is ridiculous. And yet I can guarantee you that anyone watching could go to some other market that you would get have to pay so much more to get so much less. So I think we have to watch our own opinion, you know, how, and then looking at the data, I thought Ernie said something great where he said, you know, I show them the data. What are the recent sales? What are the pendings? What are the relevant, let's go back to that word, the relevant properties that a buyer will consider. And then to mention the fact that in this price point, homes have been often selling 10 to 20% above. So knowing all of that, Mrs. Seller, where do you think you would like to start? Right? So he does show the information. He does talk about how the escalating, you know, offers are escalating by what percentage. And if we consider all of that and your time frame, where would you like to, to begin? Now, sometimes they'll say, well, what do you think? And then at that point, you've got to give them an answer, probably best to give them a range. You know, it could be here to right. here and we can analyze our activity in a smaller home, a cheaper property. You'd probably look at it within two weeks with a luxury property. You might say, no, this one needs 30 days or 45 days or 60 days to truly be able to tell, especially in certain resorts. Right. Right. Um, so. If we, if we then go to the buyers, again, we have to watch our own personal opinions. Well, I would never pay that for that house. Yeah, but you're not them. And they are willing to pay that. So, you know, I, I think asking your buyers, when you are in a constricted inventory market, that's where we want to open more options. So back in a market where every day there were 28 new properties for every buyer to see, then I would really narrow the criteria, you know, the perfect area, the perfect view, the perfect everything. But now we probably, you know, if we're using the Coeur d'Alene example, we might say, so are you interested in considering Lake Hayden as well, or even going to Lake Pondere? And I know you said you wanted a, a single family home, but would you buy a lot and build? And, you know, I know you said you wanted to be 15 minutes from downtown. If it were a perfect location, would you go 45 minutes? Like you, you need to stretch their options because otherwise you may just not have very much to show them. It's, it's interesting because everything that you said really does apply across the market, right? Yes. From the, you know, the bread and butter middle market. It really does. The, yeah. And I, and I think Though that, you know, the Institute's job is really to try to demystify this idea yes. that luxury is so different, right? It's really um, not. And Ernie just said that on a webinar the other day. He goes, you know what, guys? It's not that different. I don't spend that much more than you do to market a home. Maybe a yep. little more expensive photography. Sure, the sellers are savvy. They might be a bit tougher. We are starting to see in these off-market sales or sellers will say, yeah, I'll sell, but I want this price. I want these, yep. these terms and the buyer's going to have to pay your commission because I'm not willing, right? right. So they're a little more savvy. A little more savvy, um, a little more inclined to get and what they want, right? right? So the the where where the 
the same tactics would work in the kind of the middle part of the market. The one thing that we talk about at the Institute that's different is this idea versus of wanting versus needing. Exactly. And, um, you know, when you were talking about the sellers and this idea of checking ourselves at the door, right? Like, I can't believe my house is worth this or I would never pay this. The thing that we are really teaching now and are trying to do it from the mountaintops is to develop for our members and, and really all real estate professionals out there, develop relationships with financial advisors. Yes. Because they're going to give you a perspective about yes. assets, right? That, right? that has nothing to do with the brick and mortar of a home, but everything to do with an asset. Mm-hmm. And that the liquidity factor of what's happening in the S&P 500 combined with this incredibly low interest rate environment, that's what's really driving this, right? Well, yeah, a national and international trends, right? I think when you're selling luxury, you got to look at your local market, your feeder markets across the nation, and then internationally, how are things um, impacted? You know, New York, for example, has always ran about two years ahead of the cycle in Beverly Hills. So you just have to consider all of that. But going back to, well, COVID is a perfect example of how no one has a crystal ball, right? right? Because who would have thought, you know, 18 months ago, what we were heading into? And who would have thought how strong the market would have continued to be in spite of that? And Diane, you may not remember this, but and I don't even remember exactly how many years ago it was, maybe 10, where there was a big trend to move away from the McMansions. Right. Right. Where the 6,000 square feet and 7,500 square feet. I don't want that. My kids don't come often enough. It's too big. And now we're right back there. Right. We're right back there again. So it just shows you it's always something. <laughs> it's always something. And what's old is new again, right, Deb? Yeah. Uh, the, so, so a couple things. The or the institute partnered with a major brand on on a a, lux- a very substantial market report called the report, and it's called Will Banker. We'll put it in the in the notes. But like one of the chapters is that big houses are back. Yes. How big can it get? It doesn't matter, right? Matter. Um, you know, thirteen months ago, I saw you in person like fourteen or fifteen months ago, yes. and then thirteen months ago. Seems like it's been years, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, that, that w- what we were talking about with our members, you know, 13 months ago, we're, you know, getting back to the basics, make right. sure that we do the basics, make sure we stay in touch with our, our um, sphere, the right. people who purchased from us before. So if you, uh, you're right, like, look at your crystal ball. If people did what you told them to do 13 months ago, where are they today? Well, that's a great question because one of the things I wanted to be sure to mention that I actually wrote down in my notes, what has happened is everyone has become so busy chasing their buyers, right? So they're chasing, which I I get it. I understand why, but they're chasing so many buyers around. And I, you know, just had an agent tell me today, it was the 25th offer that I put in for this buyer we finally got it accepted. And this was luxury market, 25 offers to get one accepted and they were writing good offers. So here's what's happened. Most, and hopefully it's not any of you watching, most have 
stopped prospecting for listings, not because you don't think that you should, but you are overwhelmed with your buyers and writing offers that get rejected and starting over and buyers who aren't realistic, they're not listening to you. So I think a good step towards this is to just acknowledge, I have to hunt like I have never hunted before. Now, you define what that means for you. And for many of you, that would truly mean just calling your past clients in sphere and saying, do you understand what you could get for your home? And if you could do that, do you have an interest in entertaining an offer? You know, I was just looking at a flash report of one of our coaching clients, 98% of her listings and transactions this year, past client, past client, past client, past client. What did she do right? Called them. Yeah. Right. And just those conversations, I think we sometimes forget that you really can spark more opportunity than you believe that you can. So I think we have to hunt to hunt, to carve out a little time to hunt. Um, and I don't want to sound preachy here because my husband's 34 years in the business. I always say I sleep with a realtor every night. Someone, <laughs> someone said recently a different one. I'm like, no, I'm not that interesting. It's the same one, <laughs> right? And and he is going through the same thing. So, I mean, we're, we're watching it, living it. However, if you've got to get your buyers under control. And what I mean by that is really strong consults. And if you're in a luxury market where they're coming from another location across the country, look how easy this is, right? To be on Zoom, feel like you're in the room with them, educate them on the market, guide them to make their best offers, prep them well in advance. And ultimately, if they consistently do not listen to what you suggest, you may have to say, you know, I'd love to help you. However, the way you're approaching this, it will not be successful. And the only thing that's going to happen, you're going to end up frustrated with me. So I'm going to let you go and let you do your own thing because I don't seem to be able to help you understand what you need to do. So I think better consults, better education, better financial information to show them, and then heart to heart talks of what they need to do. And then looking at that list every week and saying, who, who's at the top? Who do I need to focus on? And we're really encouraging our clients carve out two hours in the morning if you can, protect it. And that's when you hunt your listings. So pipelines are dry, not because listings aren't out there. Right. They just haven't been hunting as the way that they need to be. You know, I have our market report up in front of me, and this is the index part, like I was saying earlier, where it just takes into consideration all 105 markets. There's only about a 10% difference. And from listings taken, right? From the market taken. And so, but the double the number of sales. So if we use that as the foundation for what you're talking about, okay, this idea of taking the time, the agents and, and professionals out there taking the time to hunt how can I say this? The absolute perfect universe that has to come together in the state, in the like with your Coeur d'Alene house. Okay? okay. Now you know someone's interested. Okay. If you could draw a perfect way that this unnamed agent right. could, could interact with you going forward, right? Because 
are you are you hunting for transactions or are you hunting for relationships? Right. right? Or so, both. Or both. Right. Right. So, so for example, for this agent, let's say that I said, yes, we might consider an offer. Well, the thing we always want to do is make sure you guys are well protected, that you don't expose your buyer to a property, to a seller without something in writing that's going to get you paid, right? And also you may lose a great luxury buyer because the seller said X price verbally, and now you get in and show the property, your buyer loves it, and now they decide they want X. And of course that could still happen, but whatever form your broker, your brand, your board requires, you know, if you don't have anything, used to be I didn't, so I'd take a listing agreement, write one party show, put the date on it, and I would add a protection clause that if that buyer came back within six months to purchase that property, that I would still get paid. So go to the property, meet the seller, work out price, terms, commission, everything you need, and get that in writing. So that would be one step. And then we show the buyer. Now, if the buyer doesn't buy it, now we have a great opportunity to go back to that seller and say, now that you had have you have had time to think about this, would you consider allowing me to put it on the open market? Let's say they say no. No, I'm not, I don't want to deal with that. Then the relationship part would be, may I stay in touch? I'd like to, I have this fabulous market report that I can send to you. And then yeah. I can even give you a call and interpret that and be here if you have any questions in the future. And by the way, if I do encounter another sincere buyer that I think is a match, would it be all right to do this again? If I possibly have, you know, so it's just taking it, I consider it, take it as far as you can, right? And maybe the only place this conversation goes is you staying in touch with a seller of a great property until they actually are ready to sell. Because many luxury homes, sure, there's legacy properties where they never sell them. But most luxury, especially resort, kind of the average window is they own the properties about five years. So most luxury people have more freedom and flexibility to turn these properties more often, right? I also think that right now is a unique time to give, right? Mm -hmm. It's a yes. unique time to give. Because- no, no matter what, like you'd have to be under a rock to not be hearing about how what's happening in real estate, right? And so if you right. put yourself right. in the shoes of a seller, just being a resource to say, you're sitting at a cocktail party, everybody's talking about real estate. Let, let me give you information you can use, right? To be a resource. Well, and I think that's showing up as that wise advisor, right? And that is mm -hmm. the, that's the piece that differentiates you why is a buyer willing to be loyal when sometimes luxury buyers can be fickle? Why is a seller willing to pay you a higher rate of commission? Uh, and you know, Diane, speaking of your luxury report, uh, one of the clients said to me the other day, I, I keep it on my phone and, and I show people when I get together at a small gathering and someone says, how is the market? I say, well, let me show you. And they say, I pull that up on my phone and they said, the only thing is my spouse is rather annoyed with me because they're like, are you conducting another seminar? Because she, she said, I always have a little crowd around me. Yes. But, but, you know, here's the great thing, guys. People are fascinated with what's going on. 
you know, it's funny as they're making these circle prospecting calls, quote, cold calls, if you will, people want to talk. They have questions. They want more information. They may not be a seller right now, but you could certainly say, you know, I'd be happy to stay in touch. Would you like to be part of my information loop and receive this incredible report? Because Diane, your members have such a benefit in that, you know, we're, you know, just talking about Coraline only because it's a good example at the moment. I never get a single thing in the mail. Wow. Any agent there. And there are two or three very dominant at the lake. They're fabulous agents and they send me nothing. And I suppose that's because it's time consuming to put it together. So that's why I would encourage everyone who's watching, use the tools that the Institute gives you. Because yeah. why reinvent the wheel? And they're beautiful and they're professional. And man, if I got something like we were looking at before we got on today, it would lay by my coffee maker for a yeah. week, right? So, you know, it's so interesting you say that because um, it just made me think about my mailbox as well, right? Like there's this thing that happens in a hot market where people stop marketing themselves. And yes. the partner, the marketing partner, we have real marketing. You know, he will get on oh, they're great. Yeah. any stage and say, this is when you market. This is when you market. Right. Um, you know, the uh, the thing that I wanted to hear you say was wise advisor. I just love that. Um, and it's something that in this craziness, we can tend to forget that yes. that we have this information. And this reminds me of, I'm old enough to say it back in the early aughts and late 90s when it was the tech boom and I worked for a technology company, all we talked about at cocktail parties were your stock options. Right. Today, it's all about the price of your house right? and what's happening in real estate. And so if you can be that wise advisor that's constantly putting something in front of people, just reminding them that they may have a valuable property, um, here's what's happening in the market. People like to feel smart. They like um, yes, yeah. and they also like to see their money grow, right? So they yeah. love love to talk about that. Um, you know, you were you were talking about money and financial, and I mean, look at if your money is sitting in the bank right now, virtually no interest. I mean, certain things you can invest in stocks, bonds, but just in the bank. Mm -hmm. And and I think a lot of people are saying, like the uh, the house next door to us, they're a loan officer from Las Vegas. And he spent three and a half million for this house, 6,000 square feet. It is rented nonstop on BRBO. It is actually a dump inside. It is a dump. I would be disappointed if I rented it, but people just keep renting it. He yeah. will make 200,000 in rental income this year. So you start wow. to do the math and say, if I put a substantial down, interest yeah. rates are low enough. If I'm pulling 200,000 and I can use it, when I choose, it's kind of what's really fueled a little bit of that resort market as well. Yeah, it's that triumvirate of my money it, that's not in a bank, right? right? Right. So if you look at the S&P 500, and a very wise financial advisor told me that the S&P 500 is what drives the luxury real estate market, <laughs> right? Not, not, not solely interest rates, the right. way it does in other parts. But now we're in this in this incredible uh, world of, of having all of it 
be in a positive uh, light. And, and I do think, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't say we have to take advantage of this, right? As, as, as real estate professionals, don't think about the fact that there's no inventory. Think about the fact that pretty much every house sells, right, Debbie? Like, right. So oh, be, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, James- some, some thoughts on that, guys, you know, when we talk about hunting, there's a lot of ways to hunt. So for an example, in the luxury space, um, one of our clients in Malibu, you guys are all familiar with Malibu, so very, very luxury. And she said, the most productive two hours of my week is I get together on a mastermind group with other top Malibu agents. She said, I call them my frenemies, <laughs> right? Because right. they're friendly competitors. But she said, we have a circle of trust where we will openly share off-market opportunities that we can mix and match and put buyers and sellers together. And she said a lot of real estate occurs through these mastermind calls. So it could be networking with top agents. It could be every buyer you have, you look at who are the five people in my past clients and sphere who might have a home that's a match. And you call and say, would you like to sell your home? It could be circle prospecting. It could be sending out letters. You know, if you could sell quickly and move when you choose and potentially as is, would you be interested in an offer? And on the just uh, sold postcards, what we're seeing that works the best is to talk about just sold. Um, I saw a great one here, an agent in Corona Del Mar just sold. And this one said 102% of list price with five offers, we have four leftover buyers. Yeah. Potentially, is your home a match? If so, contact me, right? So, and people right. know it's true. They know it's true. They sure do. Um, so kind of to, to come full circle and wrap this up, I wrote down the three things that I know I would take away from this if I were listening. So I just want to kind of walk through them. And if you have any comments sure. on them, the first one, the first one is, and I think it's a, an interesting kind of double entendre here, which is this too will pass, mm-hmm. right? So this great market that has some things with it, it will pass. So make sure we're taking advantage of it, right, right. Debbie? Right. And then secondly, that hunting, keep hunting, don't, don't, don't stop. Don't right. stop making those calls, okay? Uh, don't stop trying to develop relationships with people or enhancing relationships with people that have had a good experience with you in the past. Mm-hmm. But I think the most profound thing you said that I wrote down um, verbatim is get control of your buyers. Yeah. So that's the last word. And I want to give that to you about, how, you know, one more time, remind folks about the dog chasing its tail. Well, but, I think, you know, Sometimes you think, well, buyers are not realistic. So I always think the buck stops here. Have I done everything I can potentially do to educate and inform the buyer to show them what they need to do to get the home? So I always think you got to check there first, right? And and then I don't like to hear agents say, well, they have to lose two or three before they get smart. Well, maybe they will insist on going through that process I don't think we should be flippant about that. I think we should do everything we can to avoid that by making sure they are extremely well-informed. And, you know, Diane, an example, Florida Keys, the homes are oddly built, right? They have weird foundations compared to California or compared to Texas. 
right. at an agent there that had 80% of her transactions would fall out over the physical inspection. I said, well, then we need to start getting out to those buyers coming from out of state. Key facts you need to know when buying in Key West. Right. And, and we ended up flipping that around where now only 20% fell out. So really take a look at your process of how you're informing and consulting and advising those buyers. And then who do you just need to either kick them to the back burner yep. or let them go and go make time to fill your listing pipeline? That's great. And you know, you inadvertently walked right into one of my favorite things we teach, which is the principle of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And for those who are listening that have taken our course, that idea that you've got to lead with it, yes. right? Got to lead with educating folks about here, this is what you need to know. And here's what might, what you might encounter later. Let's encounter it now. Right. Um, okay. Well, you know, bam, our time's up. I, I don't know how that happens. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I have to say my entire team, truly, we love your group. You know, whenever we have an interaction with them on a Zoom or, you know, there are questions in the chat box or when they call us for information on coaching or, or back in the day we met them at an event, you, you definitely, the Institute attracts the, uh, the cream of the crop. And remember, the nice thing about luxury, they want the best and thank they're willing to pay to get it. So you guys are the yeah. best. So thank you for having me today. Thanks. And, you know, right back at you, I, I, you know, I don't do commercials, but the Institute recommends and endorses exactly one coaching firm and it's yours. Well, we appreciate and, that. Uh, and so don't make it be so long next time. This is exactly. fun. If you have any questions too, about anything we talked about, you certainly can email me Debbie at forwardcoaching.com. Um, happy to answer any question you have. And Diane, we'll see you and your team very soon. I hope. Thanks, Debbie. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A State of Mind, The Art of Selling Luxury Real Estate. If you're interested in learning more about the Institute, you can find more at luxuryhomemarketing.com. If you like what you just heard, share with a friend and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for listening.